This is an IFTA screen discussion. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the IFTA screen discussion series, putting focus on each of the feature films submitted for this year's IFTA awards. Every week, we're putting the spotlight on a variety of diverse feature projects representing the best of Irish filmmaking. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by the filmmakers behind Asia. Frank Barry, the writer and director, Tristan Lynch, producer, Colin Campbell, the editor, and Tamara Convoy, production designer. Thank you all so much for joining today. And I will start with you, Frank. Um, this is the latest of your films, I guess, to highlight sort of issues in modern Irish society and put a spotlight on an issue. Um, and it's one in the case of this film that's extremely topical, obviously. So when did you decide that direct provision was going to be the subject matter of your next film? Um, well, it goes back a long way, actually. Um, it started, I suppose, around 2014. Um, I was researching our, our previous film, Michael Inside. Um, so I was reading a lot about the prison system and the art, you know, the, the Irish penal system here. And I discovered at that point that the Irish um, immigration system and the Irish prison system were both run by the same government department, the Department of Justice. So I just started reading a lot at that point. And uh, it just stayed at the forefront of my mind for a couple of years. And I, I don't really remember a moment where I, where I thought this should be my next film. I just it just kind of became more and more apparent that it's something that I'd like to explore. Um, and there was no one moment, it just it led me there really. So when I was uh, in post-production on Michael side, I decided just to uh, to start the process and see whether, first of all, is there, you know, is there, is there um, uh, a story uh, or is there a film here for me to tell that, I, that I'm, uh, you know, that I, I, should I be the person to tell it? Um, and, I just started the, the, the process. I met with um, Lucky Kambule, who is uh, one of the co-founders of the Movement of Asylum Seekers Ireland. Um, I just basically, that's what I do at the beginning. I, I, I kind of uh, have, I have this conviction to explore a subject. And then I, 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 I position myself um, in a place where I think is the most responsible place really at the beginning. And I just um, uh, explore and uh, listen. And the, the meetings with Lucky at the beginning were just amazing. Um, the, he was very, very open. And uh, I used to meet him on a weekly basis. And he, the more he told me about the reality of people seeking international protection in Ireland, what it's like to live in direct provision, the more you know, conviction I felt that, yeah, there's, there's something here that we should put up on the screen because I felt that I didn't know uh, the reality and I felt that a lot of people in Ireland uh, also didn't know the reality of this system that exists in our name uh, as Irish citizens so I thought that's a good reason to make a film that's a, a purposeful thing to do is to put put that up on the screen um, but like my previous films it's all about collaboration and it's all about um, you know uh, working with people who've had the lived experience and to get uh, as close to reality as we can. So Lucky introduced me to some more people and I went on a, a, a journey for, for four years, uh, making friends and, um, and listening to people. And, um, you know, a story started to emerge through uh, collaboration and, um, and that's how Aisha came to be. Great. And do you look for particular things in those conversations? Like, do you do you look for specific stories about about sort of 
incidents that people have had to deal with or the general more general picture of the system at large or what, what how much specificity is there in the events i suppose that you're looking for for inspiration for well i don't i don't ask questions so i don't go in with with any any uh set idea about what i'm looking for uh, it's really just about spending time and, and listening and, and time is the key factor because once you establish friendships and, and relationships with people then things you know, um, you know, emerge, and you know, it, it it it's through conversation. So, so the key thing is about listening. And but what happens is over time, you hear things from people who don't know each other, and they're saying the same things. You know, they're they they have the same experiences. So I would, you know, uh, for example, the theme of waiting. Uh, and the theme of the pain of not knowing what 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 um, next week will, will will where you'll be next week basically, and not knowing what what your future is, compounded on top of the 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 trauma that you're already um, carrying, you know. And I don't, I, I, I never ask direct questions like that. So, um, but I but just over time, over months and years, the story starts to emerge, and then I I would I would. Um, you know, uh, uh, bring something that I've heard back into the room. And, you know, and then we would discuss that more and then it would develop and evolve. So it's kind of organic in, in that way. It's not uh, forced in, in any way, you know, because um, I don't really want to impose anything on the story. I'd like the story to, to, to emerge really. And then what comes out of that is, um, what the, the theme that initially came out through the Mukisa program, I was in Waterford in the Mukisa program, um, amazing, amazing people uh, working uh, there and amazing participants uh, had a very strong bond uh, with, with the participants there. And, and we were talking about their experiences and about, you know, things that, that I'd heard um, up to that point in, in my research. And then through that, that conversation, uh, the story, the theme of um, a human connection in, in an inhumane system emerged because um, we just wanted to bring it back down to something very, very simple, you know, to actually uh, ask the audience to relate to something human, you know, that we can all, all relate to is we, you know, you know, like direct provision as an environment, there's, there's when you're living in a, in a place for a long period of time, community happens, friendships, people, sometimes people fall in love, sometimes people just mean something to each other and um, and the way the experiences of so many people living in direct provision doesn't really respect those basic human, uh, you know, needs that we all have and experiences that we all have and you can be moved quite quickly, quite abruptly um, and and just the, the not knowing so that's that's. So I'm not looking for anything in particular to answer your question. It's more uh, to place myself in the environment and to to and then it starts to uh, a picture starts to emerge as to what the film should be. Mm -hmm. And I guess if the if the character of of Asia comes from all that work you've done and and from kind of a combination of conversations you've had with people who've experienced that, then Josh O'Connor's character, who's sort of our Irish. Um, central figure, who's this contract security worker? Does he come from a more familiar place to you and, and people that you might have known when you were younger or, or still do today? Yeah, again, I'm very suspicious when I try and when I have an idea that just seems to be not drawn from 
from research or from my my my, my journey as a filmmaker. And because this this film started while I was researching my previous film, Michael Inside, um, it made sense that that the Connor character be inspired by the the men that I met when, when researching that film. Because um, I would talk about, you know, my my previous work and I talk about the experiences of people that I'd met and it just naturally found its way into the conversations. And, and so we're like, well, okay, well, what if, if Connor is inspired by by by, by um, my that part of, of my research and um, and then when I spoke to Josh O'Connor about um, Connor the character, you know he he just responded very very much to uh, to the people that that I I I'd met and how how I would talk about them, you know about people who who have uh, been affected by. Uh, by drugs, either taking drugs or 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 working in the drug industry, um, and uh, but who who have turned their their lives around, and uh, who are trying, you know, who are just trying really hard, and I just respected so many people I met while I was researching Michael inside, and uh, for, for that and for their positivity and for for the fact that they, a lot of people. Who've been to prison have, have been victimized by poverty and, and vices by their, their their circumstances so um yeah so so just those conversations with josh he really really i could i, I could tell he was really fe feeling it and he felt the same conviction that we all had for, for the story um so and then for regarding um regarding leticia you know uh, what happens is i as I, I do all this research and we create realism on the page and we authenticate it and we put pressure on it and i and we we workshop it um and we and i ask everybody who's been through the experience is this okay is this okay is this okay always putting it under pressure um and so that's on the page and that well that's what leticia uh, responded to but then when we get to shooting it i, I step out of the way and then because there's so much more realism that I could never write that Letitia could can bring to this to the film, and she, you know, blossomed really, and she brought oxygen and made into into Aisha and made Aisha a, a, a living, breathing character, um, and uh, so it was a combination of both. It was just the the dogmatic research, but then also um, just be, be creating a space for a really talented actor to 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 take that research and to and to make it um, even even better and and, and real. Right. And I guess I'll open this up to you as well, Tristan, as the producer. Like when when a film like this is being developed, is it does it make things easier to to get it off the ground and get it financed when you have actors who are really internationally well known, like Letitia and Josh, attached to it? Well, I mean, you've kind of got got to go back to before you have the actors because getting the actors is not so easy. So um, the the reality of the situation is that. For social realist cinema, it's very hard to finance it. I mean, that's just unfortunately the the the, the market at the moment doesn't really like drama. Um, uh, but there's a kind of there's a kind of um, there's a weird flip side to that in that because it's so important and because the themes and the issues that it's dealing with are so important, if you find the right talented person that's interested in the same area, they'd actually bend over backwards through the film and that was the amazing thing about this script so 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 you're so what you're talking about is like a very tricky proposition in the first place to go and do 
But then again, you know, and it's a, a lot of it is down to the authenticity of Frank's research and his writing the script that communicated with the actors. To be honest with you, we we went to a, we went out to a few actors, and every single one of them responded positively to it. So it was an extraordinary experience that was. So so while on the one hand you're going out saying, well, this mightn't be so interesting to the market on one level, but then to actually really talented creative artists who saw the material. It was really attractive to them. And so <clears throat> both Letitia and Josh, their connection with the project on a creative level from the very beginning and after talking to Frank was so actually, to be honest, intense compared to a lot of other actors we've worked with on projects that, you know, where their commitment and their strength actually with Frank's clear vision of what he wanted to do made a really powerful cocktail that when we went to financiers, the thing actually became, it suddenly just grew into something much more than, you know, a hundred page script. It turned into a whole proposition for people. And the combination of um, obviously the success of Letitia and Josh, uh, plus their incredible acting abilities, the script and Frank's commitment to actually realizing the film turned like the stage of financing what was a tricky proposition into a really interesting proposition because we were able to get, you know, really, you know, prestigious funders like BBC Films to come in and work with us on it. And and when I say work on it, it's not it's not just they're supplying finance, they're supplying so much expertise and creative experience, uh, nurturing and guidance and whatever. So we got this amazing thing where we started to get finance, but we also got amazing collaborators as well with us on the journey. So so um so i feel like there's no straight answer to your question it's a whole combination of things that create a kind of almost like a creative overload onto something and that's how on this film the authenticity and the kind of the truth of what was behind it i suppose in a way it's almost like the closest to building something like a, a production which is almost it's almost like a, it's got a sense of integrity it's almost like having a if you had strong religious belief or something it's got for everyone involved in the film had a sense of belief in what they were doing with the project and that communicated to the financiers as well so the short answer is it's really easy to finance <laughs> and something you mentioned there is the authenticity of everything in, in frank's research and that comes across in the film and in terms of like securing locations i'm really interested in that and like you're kind of mapping this this fictional narrative on top of a situation that's very much still happening in 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 Dublin and around the country, and these centers are there, and the the offices are still functioning. So, how difficult was it, I guess, to navigate with those stakeholders for either of of the two of you in terms of kind of getting places to shoot and including different organizations in the film? Well, uh, first of all, it was very important to me that we film in a in a location. Uh, that was once a direct provision center. So um, we just wanted to get uh, as close to reality in every, everywhere, every way that we can. Um, I remember tomorrow we spoke about that uh, at the very, very beginning, and we spoke about the energy uh, of 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 that of that the authenticity can bring to the film. Um, and then uh, there's a there's a location in in, in Athlone, uh, a direct provision center in Athlone, that's um, a, a comprises of a series of trailers and it's a very 
famous image for uh, regarding uh, uh, direct provision, and it was very important to me that that we rep uh, represent that uh, those living conditions uh, realistically. So um, we we went to a lot of effort to 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 recreate uh, that that location because we weren't allowed uh, anywhere near the actual location, and then. Um, the, the final uh, direct provision center uh, is an emergency center and it's a hotel. So it, it, it represents any number of, of emergency centers all, all around Ireland. Um, but that, those, those um, so we didn't actually go, uh, go, go and, and uh, um, we didn't engage with uh, any managers uh, of, of direction provision centers in relation to using their, 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 their locations because the, 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 the first location wasn't, is, is no longer a direct provision center. The second one is is recreated uh, based on a real one, and then the third center is is a, is, is a hotel, uh, much like much like um, any any uh, many other uh, emergency centres around Ireland. Does that answer your question? I can't remember. Yes, actually. it does. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I'm also interested. Was there any other sort of stakeholders that you had to? liaise with them in terms of like you have obviously the guards are represented in the film and the Department of Justice and were yes. you in navigating with them at all in terms of how they were being shown or were you just sort of finding kind of alternative ways to to represent these things? Well the, the representation of the of the guards came through communication with the uh, the, the people who who were uh, who have been in, in those situations so there's one scene in the film where uh, it's a transfer scene and that scene, uh, th those scenes, transfers and deportations, they, they have different, um, uh, you know, obviously they're, 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 they're different. Some of them are very kind of quiet and orderly. Some of them get very, very um, emotional. Uh, and what we decided when we were uh, researching the film was that we would do um, a scene whereby it started very kind of quietly like that, but obviously it's a very emotive scene. So it's a scene that, that begins that way um, but then it becomes emotional at the end. So that was the way we kind of, um, and that was um, through the experience of listening to so many people who have been standing in hallways and listening um, and witnessing um, events like that. So um, so that was, we, we talked a lot about, you know, being, um, you know, you know, being truthful and being fair uh, and, and uh, representing uh, the experiences that people uh, have, 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 have had and have witnessed. Um, so, um, so, the, the, the part, so, that's, so, we, so apart from that, we, we were, um, you know, just in, uh, in, in conversation with groups like Massey and, um, and people who, who amazing uh, organizations who are uh, doing amazing work as, uh, as activists in, in, in the in the the movement to to end direct provision, you know, so that was that was very important uh, to to listen to those voices, you know, in 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 in, uh, in the development of the of the script. Of course, um, I'd like to go over to Tamara regarding the the accuracy of the locations. So I guess in terms of of, of what you do as a production designer, um, Frank has talked there about recreating one center that was a very distinctive image in Athlone and other centers as well. So what was your so at what point did you sort of enter um, amidst Frank's research and, and sort of get involved in trying to make those places feel real to life? Well, I suppose um, Frank was really true. He really wanted everything to have that truthful feeling and that real re reality, which made my, my job very interesting because it meant I had 
be involved in the research and do a lot of research, which because the theme is very close to my heart anyway, um, I really was excited to add as much authenticity to the project as I could. And the fact that we were the very first location already was at the provision center in its day. So we just had to kind of bring it back to how it would have been and um, make it come alive again with people and uh, you know atmosphere. And I think um, the fact that the Athlone, we had a few conversations about the Athlone caravan park because it was very tricky. And Frank, in fairness to him, steadfast, and this is what he wants, and how could we make it happen? And um, so, yes, that was very challenging, the Athlone one, but we did, we managed to pull it off. I think, I think the end result in combining with the um, CGI was really superb. Um, and then the, as Frank was saying about the hotel, uh, the same type of thing. So my, I would have gone, I went to see quite a few undercover. I went to see quite a few of the hotels myself, uh, just to get a feel for what they were like. And um, yeah, I mean, for me also, the authenticity of this whole project was, was really important. So the research uh, that I put into it would have been, um, I mean, I put in about a few months of research into it personally, just for, because like I'm talking to Frank, I mean, Frank is a wealth of knowledge. So that was amazing to have, but you also need to do your own research and, and also get, you know, inspiration from places. So um, I luckily also, I had done some other research for another film I'd been working on. So it kind of crossed over. Uh, I'll go to you, Colin, um, at now. And I'm kind of interested in how your role as an editor sort of, um, you know, works in terms of the tone of the film. There's some scenes that are so tense, even though it's just a few people in an office, but, you know, the stakes are so sort of life or death for Asia that you have to create this very rapid tension and, and then get rid of it again. So kind of, I don't know, how do you, how do you look at a, at raw footage and then create some something there with with this uh this change of tone well a lot of it's just kind of inherent in in the rushes that i get back from frank he kind of workshops the scenes so thoroughly with the actors on set and they rehearse so much and they they work to get the scene down that actually when i get it into my edit suite a lot of the time you don't have to change that much funny enough uh, especially I, I know the scene you're talking about when uh, aisha gets her letter she's going to be moved the first time and i just thought the two actors in that scene were just barreling off one another so well and so, so they had that strange kind of uh, aggression between the two of them that strange uh, relationship that they have between them uh you didn't really have to do all that much to be honest with you lucian um just we just kept uh we actually ended up uh, toning down some of the aggression in in the thing we, we didn't we didn't ever want it to to reach into melodrama or anything like that I think that's always one a, a kind of a keystone of Frank's work as well is that we always want to undercut that melodrama and make it feel real at all costs. Um, and there were other scenes that we had to do a lot more work to, but uh, some of the stuff uh, I found really interesting personally was the, uh, the the kind of documentary scenes that we inserted into into the film with the the four ladies who had been through direct provision. Um, again, those are those are scenes that you have to treat very very differently uh, in order just to try and make it feel seamless within the film. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's, my job's easy, Lucy, <laughs> when, when is that well rehearsed? Um, 
Great. And and I think a question a lot of people who, who are familiar with Josh Josh O'Connor's previous work and, and sort of how he how he speaks normally are kind of fascinated by how well he gets this Dublin accent nailed in the film. So I'm wondering, Frank, were you involved in coaching him or, or where did that come from? Yeah, what that was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was well, it's first and foremost, uh, it's down to Josh's talent as an actor and his ability with accents. Um, uh, he, he, he worked with a, a dialect coach in the UK who he's, who he's worked with before, William Conacher. Um, and then when he came to Ireland, I introduced him to uh, Emmett Kerwin, who, uh, the actor Emmett Kerwin and writer. Um, wonderful, wonderful support. Uh, amazing dialect coach. And uh, himself and, and Josh uh, got to know each other and uh, would swap, would send each other um, uh, voice notes and things like that. Um, so, so Josh got great support there from Emmett, who was absolutely amazing. And, uh, and that's, that's how it happened. And then, you know, um, he just was very committed. You know, Josh knew that the film was a very realist film and it, it needed to be authentic and he put pressure on himself to do that. And... Um, we just watched them disappear into Connor, really, you know. Uh, and it's more than it's more than the accent. I think. I think he just has a. He just he 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 does a lot of primary research. He walked the streets of Dublin. I know it was lockdown, but he still um, uh, walked around and spoke to people, um, and you know started to started to find the character. Um, and he's just amazing, amazingly talented. And. Something else about the tone that I was kind of mentioning to Colin there is is just that that you do introduce some optimism into the into the the story, which is difficult because the circumstances depicted in it are so dark and and her situation is so difficult. But when she finds this this friendship, this relationship with Josh's character, obviously there is a spark of of hope there for her through that relationship. Um, was that always your intention from the start of writing the script? Was to make sure there was something. Um, hopeful in there and it wasn't just going to all be the the dark side of things well when I start I don't know what what, mm-hmm. what I don't really have have an idea um uh, as to you know what the tone is or what it's going to be I, I'm kind of um an open book really I'm just listening at the beginning and it's through uh meeting people and getting to know people and, and feeling the you know the the energy in the rooms I'm in um, that that the the you know that these things start to 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 come into focus you know and again as I was saying it was through the Mukisa program and um, to to working with, with with various groups you know and all the conversations over the years that I started to you know um, uh, to it started to come in, come into focus more and that that central human relationship and what it could bring and what it could represent uh, set against the backdrop. Of, of an, an oppressive system and um, just became more and more important to more, you know, more, more clear. And when you were deciding how to end the film, was there ever an urge to make it like a, a, a very happy ending or a, or a completely devastating one rather than the sort of ambiguity that you put in, which is obviously probably more reflective of the real life sort of, you know, lived kind of every moment is uncertain life of some people experiencing this, but um, was the temptation there to be more cinematic, I suppose, or did you always want it to feel very realistic and, and ambiguous? Well, I think, you know, I think, I think realism is quite cinematic, you know, um, and it's, it's, we wanted a big picture ending, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, it was never, uh, never uh, an option 
uh, to, to have a happy ending because I think that would betray the experiences of so many people uh, currently uh, living in direct provision and in that situation. So um, we, I mean, we looked at different ways of ending the film. You know, there was lots, there was, there was different kind of, you know, um, order of events and things like that, but it was always a sense of, of unknown and waiting because that's just basically the feeling. We wanted to leave the audience with the feeling, you know, um, and, uh, and waiting was what is the theme of the film in, in many ways, you know, and uh, I think, it, you know, uh, I did so much reading before and you, you learn a lot when you read, obviously, and you, you um, statistics and you can be over, you know, swamped with, 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 with statistics. But um, my feeling is about cinema is that if you can make an audience feel something, you know, then they won't forget, you know, because it goes to a different place. It, you know, it's it's you, you feel it. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the feeling that we that, that, that's how we wanted the film to end, which is to leave the audience with a feeling, you know. Um, and uh, for it to be um, just, uh, you know, memorable and powerful. Fantastic. Well, that's that's fantastic. Thank you all so much for, for coming and discussing the film with me. It's it's really wonderful. And it is um, in consideration at the 2023 IFTA Awards, along with a selection of other of other great Irish films. Um, so thank you so much, guys, for joining today. Uh, and anyone who hasn't had a chance to see Asia yet, I hope gets the chance to very soon. Uh, and best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks Thank very you. much. Thank you. Thank you.